You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. I was just watching this uh, Blu-ray disc called Falling Down, and I was watching the extras, and Michael Douglas was telling me, uh, me personally, and you, Sid Talk, that um, what he really likes about the movies and that movie is people watch it and then they have a discussion later so this one's for you Michael <laughs> <laughs> see, I, see I set that up yeah, very right. nice do you like that yeah I'm t- I was taken by surprise by a little intro very okay nice. so it's uh, Sunday May the 31st the last day of May I believe unless there's 32 days in this year's May 30 days has September April there's no 32 June, days and November in any month. all the rest have you don't 31. need to do that because there's never 32 days in a month right okay ever never <laughs> Never. I still have to do that every time I think of the last day of a month except December. I always know it has 31 and Halloween and not Halloween and October. Other than that, I have to do 30 days has September, April, June, and November. All the rest of 31 except February. And then I don't know the rest of it. But. Except February alone, except if it's a leap year, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little, whoever made that up didn't quite like, finish that off. I don't think very nicely. But. So, yeah, it's the last day of May. It's after the show number 72. Um, and we're looking this week at an older movie. Well, it's not older, but it's older than our usual regular releases. But it's uh, Falling Down on Blu-ray. It's not old in Blu-ray, because it just came out. Um, it's a 1992 movie, and it's... That's old. Yeah, well... 16 years, It maybe. doesn't feel like that long. 16, one, six. That's incredible. So, this... Oh, wait, uh, that's 17 years. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> so not only are you not good, not good with good. <laughs> months, you're not good with numbers either. <laughs> So, yeah, it's uh, released on Blu-ray disc on Tuesday the 26th of May, which was last Tuesday, so you can pick it up now. It's from our friends at Warner, and as I say, it's a 1992 film, and you're going to tell us what it's about. I'm going to tell you what it's about. It is about, okay, the name of the movie is Falling Down, and the bigger social issues that are in the movie... Beyond all of that, you know, the comment on urban life or on the state of America and all that kind of stuff is a man who's falling apart. (laughs) He has become, um, even Michael Douglas used the word obsolete, uh, loses his, his, you know, just falling apart and the weight of everything, all of the, um, I don't even know how to describe specifically without giving away every, you know, like telling you everything that he that we discover through the movie but just you know how the world is pretty fucked up and people and it all gets to him and on this day he falls apart and he's not your typical quote-unquote bad guy or you know vigilante guy he's a dude in a suit and a tie and he just falls down <laughs> just falls over and that's it <laughs> that's end. it that's movie. <laughs> he starts he falls over he falls down and that's the end so uh, yeah, like I said, this but don't you think that's fair? It's hard. It's hard. No, that's, that's good. Yeah, it's a, like a deconstruction of a man, uh, a man on the edge of something, right? I don't even know if it's deconstruction. I think that's a bit um, a trendy is. thing to say, but I am trendy. Yeah, rightfully so, so. So this is a 1992 movie. Um, this was kind of interesting for me because I saw this theatrically the day it was released in England. Um, it was that time, which was what last year. <laughs> 1992. <laughs> Probably you know, about six behind, months after. Get it? I mean, funny. Uh, it was around about the time of what was it? 1992. What else came out? Was Reservoir Dogs and stuff like that around that time? 
I don't know the years of those. Possibly. I would say early 90s for sure. Um, and I... You see, those movies that I saw in that time period, between 90 and probably 95, seem to be the ones that stick with me the most in my life. Hmm. For some reason. Age. Very impressionable. Though. You're very impressionable at that age. Um, so a lot of those movies I, are my favourites to this day, and Falling Down is one of them. Um, I've not seen it for a long time, and I've seen it today, and I, it, it's just as good as I remembered. There's a little bit of dodgy acting. Oh my god, thank you for saying that. And I was going to say, for me, watching it then, and I watched it, I probably watched it on videotape when it came out, so yeah. it would have been a year after it came out. Um, good old videotape, VHS. But at that age, like you said, impressionable on the tone of everything, the idea that life kind of sucks and people and humans and blood and it all gets get you down i totally bought into all of that and i was like oh like oh my god that's awesome right so i overlooked the flaws now being that much older and living that much having lived that much longer i even more identify not just with the big concepts of you know the racism and and everything falling apart and people being rude and people being demanding and life just hammering you down i get all that even more now but as a movie person, I'm watching thinking, are you kidding me? This is so 90s acting. It's awful. It was really bad. The only people that were actually really good. It's Robert Duvall and Michael Douglas. Yeah. Um, and I, the woman. The I'll give you the worst, woman. the worst acting job in this movie. And let's see if you agree. The very worst. And I mean... That dickhead I, guy who falls no, in the No, 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 no. That's pretty bad. But no, don't, don't second guess it until I tell you. Ready? Okay. So the worst acting job in the entire movie... And it stuck out horribly during this watching of it. And it's Robert Duvall's boss. Oh, yes. <laughs> he's really bad. Oh, my God. It's just really <laughs> early 90s, though. I mean, the eight late. But he's like, you know that part 90s. where he stood at his desk putting his pants on? Just doing it like... And it, it, it's almost like he's reading it off a card, but he's like putting on this funny accent as well. It's and at some weird. part from behind him... It's a voiceover. Yeah, I mean, that's it's not just it, a voiceover. Like, they do looping, obviously. It's like obviously, a looping, yeah. But it doesn't match with the moving of his jaw, which, really of weird. course, always drives me crazy. And he was really... It was really awesome. But, yeah, but going beyond the bad acting in parts, and you know what? Like, uh, anytime Michael Douglas is on the screen and anytime Robert Duvall's on the screen, bad acting doesn't really matter because they're just, like, perfect. They are perfect. Um, even that lady you just mentioned. His plea. I'm not so keen on... Um, Tuesday Wells. The wife. The wife of Duval, either. That's a bit... You know, but well, there the thing, again... That she, was one of those there again, she's another... It's another, like... Personality. He's being, being... Yeah, I think it's like a... You know, there's, there's Michael Douglas's character being run down by everything. And then yep. there's this cop also being run down by things in his life. One of them being his wife, who's... Right, but he ident- understands a person who can't cope with life because his wife is that person. Yeah. And that's bringing him a little more insight. But, um... I liked her, and the, I didn't like her character, obviously. But in these years since I've seen it, I've learned there is a personal there are personality types of people in the world, and that wife is one of them. The needy, beaten down by life, really demanding, really delicate, and and broken, and all that, and that wears on the husband. I understand that more now than I did then. Then I just remember thinking, "Oh my God, what a bitch!" I don't care what tragedies have happened. She's just so like. Naggy, naggy. Now I get it. She yeah. t- pulls that part off as if 
That shit, that's a real person. There's quite a lot to this movie. It definitely is a repeat viewing kind of movie because on the surface it's something and then there's also undercurrents and all kinds of things going on. But yeah, it's very of its time because there's specific political things that are in there that are just It's of its time, but it's also totally current. Like 100% current. Someone who's worked his whole life, now has been laid off, obsolete... Um, going into a new era, say back then it was like coming out of the Cold War and all that, like they said, and economics were changing, and now it's the same thing. We're moving into the world of technology and how many people are obsolete. And also, one of the, all of talk, it just combined. I think it's totally of the. When times. you talk about the world of technology, this movie, even though you say it's like six, seventeen years old or whatever, um, it, do, it doesn't seem a long time ago to me. I remember going to the theater to see it. Actually, it doesn't seem like a long time ago. But, in the movie, technology's so far behind what we are today. There's like, you know, big-ass big, big ass tube TVs in every window of the shop. People are on, like, those weird cell phones that are huge big with a big antenna. There's, you know, it's, we've cha- it's changed a lot, hasn't it? And when we watched the theatrical trailer for this movie, the way that trailer yeah. was presented... Movies have changed a lot too. Just it was in like that at small the time, time, it was like a retro '70s trailer. But now looking yeah. back, it's very '80s. It's all that trailer. Yeah, it's weird. Um, in a world where like men that, are brought Michael down, Douglas yeah. is falling down. <laughs> it's really yeah 1970s totally. And so that's one of the things I really like about this film: the uh, cinematography. I think it's really, really well done. There are like, a couple times when he's it's just isolating him in the shot and there's tons of real long wide shots like of him just to show you the city because the city is actually a big part of the movie like a like a secondary yeah there are a couple of of shots right we're way pulled back and we're seeing the whole life it's in LA so you get like all these you get like a lot of downtown a lot of it is a bit oppressive in the oh my god look at all the graffiti and the homeless people they cram it all into one shot but the long shots right you're looking and looking and all of a sudden there he appears yeah, yeah. It's almost like he's lost in it, and then at one split second he kind of appears at the corner of your eye over there. Well, they and then, do. They try and like, and he totally doesn't fit into any of the cultures that are mixed together, or the liveliness, or people just living their lives. He's just just stood there, like. And they highlight these ethnic areas, um, all the different kinds of ethnic areas, and not just that, like homeless, like you say, and. Um, just the a- people who have got AIDS is I noticed was one thing, and there's all kinds of little, you know, that's where I was. It's talking. all crammed in, yeah. The it's all it's at, at times it feels a bit forced, yes, and forced. Ham- hammered in there, exactly. But that's the actual. It's also Schumacher. That's the kind a- of that's an. Well, that's the actual vibe the film's trying to convey, isn't it? It wants to hammer you with all these things to try and get you into the mindset of. Michael Douglas that in his mind it's everything around him is oppressive and and out of control and there's no order and there's no respect and there's no um, it's dirty and it's he doesn't like he is racist Mm -hmm. he doesn't think of himself as that so it's one of those things where in his mind another thing I realized was you know he ends up in this neighborhood right and is anti everything all these people not in the overt racist way we, we would think of, but just, you know, like the subtle things, like saying to the Korean grocery store owner, like, you come to our country and you don't even have the courtesy to learn our language, that kind of stuff. Well, that is a racist thing to say. Yeah, yeah. 
And yet, I bet if you could throw a rock in any direction and loads of people will agree with that. Whatever country you go to, that kind of mentality, right? So it's like that sort of... He's never been exposed to these people either. He's probably lived in his little suburb, gone to his job, and all of a sudden he's... Boom. And all the things he's ever read or heard about, all these different cultures and, and races and bad news on the news. He's Now he's going to, like, you know, I don't know, try to clean the world up. Do you think in his mind, or do you think he's just... Because I still haven't figured that out. I don't think out. he's trying to do anything apart from, like, he's snapped that day. He has to get home, and uh, whatever's in his way, that he can... But it's brewed, it's been brewing up for years, I think, of his life. You know, and there are real memorable scenes, like him going into the uh, burger place. You know, pe- people probably have... If Army surplus, all of those, yeah. Yeah. The golf course. I'd forgotten about the golf course, and I thought, it's really clever... Because you can hate him for being racist toward the Korean guy, right? You can hate him for uh, his the thing about assuming that all the, you know the gang members and like kind of you get that vibe that he sees all Latino people like gangs and violence and stuff. But then he turns around and he's also wants to uh, wants to put down the rich bastards on the golf course and the asshole Nazi guy and the army store and those and people you're like yeah construction they are construction worker guy who yeah the lazy construction worker bureaucratic guy who's exactly money. so yeah. it's mixed up because you don't want to dislike him for putting down the people that you agree get on your nerves but you want to dislike him because then he turns around and he's right it's really clever I think. yeah because he sta- because he kind of represents everybody I was going to say he stands for just about every uh, thing you, he, he, I mean he has a stand on every view of everything like like he's pissed off at, at the government for Wasting money. Yeah, wasting money. He's pissed off at the government for allowing all these different ethnic groups to come into his country. Because he's, you know, he's very patriotic. He mentions... I don't know if that's patriotic. Well... It isn't. In his mind... I guess a guy who makes missiles, for for his country, I think he has some kind of weird patriotism because of... He feels that he is protecting the country. And I disagree. I think he's just part of the machinery, and he was tr- bought into that idea as well. So I don't think it's patriotism well, at all. Yeah, I I do feel it was that. Um, and I one of the best scenes in the movie, in my opinion, always has been. I think it's really powerful. Is the beginning part in the where he's in his car. The sound is really muted. I thought it was an amazing effect. They mute the sound down, and it's just him sat in his car with this weird, blurry kind of off-kilter camera to, and this fly buzzing around the cockpit of his car. Do you like that scene? Um, I felt it was a bit... Uh, I think it's the perfect opening for that movie. I guess, but then I felt like it was quite the... It's, like you said, forced a little bit to... But... You know, There's scenes that gets the point across. Yeah, it's based on a Fellini movie. Apparently, it's like he's in a boiling. It's like he's about to boil over, and all of these this, things just. And you you also get the impression of how there's a lot of. Um, it's really a hot summer as well, and they really amplify like a lot of the camera views have heat haze going on. Yeah, and, yeah, and you can see sweat all over everybody's necks, and so even that's another oppressive part of you know what finally makes him snap. Because you know how it feels. And what's really surprising to me now, watching it now as well, uh, you know, all this time later, um, it's actually kind of like a black comedy as well, you know? 
It's it's definitely got it's got a little slap light elements going to in. it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, the the subjects are real grim and dark. Yet, when he's in the burger place complaining about the burger, you can't help but smile. And he's holding a gun up and stuff. You know, I mean, it's a horrible situation. Yeah, and you're like, totally, dude. It's three minutes because past you the time you that- understand the frustration of, of that you know you being stiffed over in a you know by a fast food joint or whatever like not getting the when right he thing. says have you ever heard the saying the customer's always right and the guy goes that's not our policy I love that guy as well who plays the, the I like the girl I've got to figure out who she is seriously I, really that, I always love the guy with that, with that odd smile like she was like uh, she, she was perp she did a good job she was a good actor actress in that role but totally you, perfect the, the guy I He's, he's a perfect guy. He's got the smarmy, like, grin on his face. You just want to punch him. And he's young. In. He's, like, 30 years younger than this guy. Yeah. So he's standing there telling him... I love no. that when he says it's not the policy. But, uh, yeah, there's, this, this, there's so many moments where, like, now for, when watching it, and it's not... I was just thinking, wow, this is like, actually a lot lighter than I thought yep, it was. Yep, totally. I thought it was really grim and dark. And it is, in a way, but there's definitely... A, I think that it was a very... In that t- day and age, right? Late 80s, early 90s, all through the 80s, really. There was a lot of that, we're going to mix it up when we make this movie. It's like caters to everything. Sort of a the slapsticky comedy, the dorky loser cop guy who's just there for you. You know, he's like super handsome. He's a bit and, Beverly Hills Cop, that guy. Yes, all, all that's exactly. Beverly Hills Cop, totally. Um, but that's of the times, maybe. It is. That they want to mix all of these elements in there. Like, oh, we don't want it to be too dark and heavy, so we're going to punch in there a couple of funny lines. And, you know, we've got... But then you mix it all up, and it works most of the time. I think there are times when I it was a little bit transparent for me. But, you know, it's nearly 20 years later, so I guess I just find why. I just find, you know, when I think of, like, older, older movies and then I think of modern movies. Now, for me, movies of the 90s are still modern movies to me. Like, I, they don't come across as older movies. I mean, I don't think of them as older movies. I think of, like... 80s and 70s. Yeah. And before that, as older movies. But there's one thing that just kept coming back to me watching it was, like... We... We've, when I think... Well, you know, we're in 2009. Not much has really changed since the 90s. It really has changed, like... Tons. Incred- like, you mean technology is what you're talking about? Not just technology, like just attitudes and you think the way things are. Yeah, I totally do. You know, when I people say that, that the '90s have no identity, I think they do. When I watch things now, oh, right. and I think back, I lived in the '90s. Do I really remember how was the '90s different from the '80s? Or you know, when people say oh, the '90s wasn't that much. Yeah, but you can't pinpoint it. No, but when I watch something like this and I live through the night, you know, it was obviously like your major growing up years, the '90s, when you were becoming, when you were an adult, really. Now, when I watch it, I totally can real gel with that time. I understand that time. Like, how do you? What do you mean? Define it a little bit better. Like, just everything about. I mean, I wasn't in America in them times, so America, American stuff doesn't really gel with me, but. It's, like, there is no, uh, people say that, don't they? Oh, the 90s were just boring. There's no, you can't identify the 90s. Because the 80s, you obviously can And you can. still aren't identifying the 90s. You're just saying you identify with it, but for what reason? I can tell that movie's in the 90s, though, can't you? I mean, like... I, yeah, but why? Not just because the, and of the technology. And that's the thing I'm trying to say. But I to me, 
It's like coming off the 80s. It's got the 80s vibe, so that's still an 80s But thing. then it's also got like a real 70s deal to it. But I think that's just a filmmaking thing. Do you think the 90s is when the thing cracked open about political correctness and... I do, That actually. kind of thing, where Mid-90s. we all... It all started turning to where you, you know... And it all seems more... Um, you know, okay, in one scene they have like a stripper come to the police officer. Yeah. In the police office. And I thought to myself, oh, right. These days that shit does not... I mean, then it was totally probably just like... It could have been a movie trick, but then again, it's also things have tightened up and gotten so much more bureaucratic and controlled mm. and rules and the way you should and shouldn't behave and no smoking in buildings and... I mean, all these things add up. Now, maybe that was the time of it all sort of coming together. And technology, you know I mean? going back to technology... I don't that's think that also, makes sense, but... Technology's also changed how everybody is, I think, like... People yeah, because, like, he tells her, go call somebody, and she has to go out, go out mm-hmm. to the car, phone the police station, they have to call somebody, and then get back to her, and then she has to come back in, where now, blink, open your cell phone and make a phone call. Do you know what I mean? And now a lot of people are, like, preoccupied with their cell phones and stuff, and then Communicating. it was slightly different, like, it was more of a, I don't know, maybe people don't communicate as much anymore. I think with, it's the opposite. I think it's opposite, totally. I mean, they do communicate with each other, but in, like, a banal way, like, using Facebook and stuff. But, like, the people are preoccupied with, like... Yeah. Um, you know, telling Consumerism you, has taken over more, do you think, than... Definitely. Consumerism. There was a time of consumerism, though... 80s? Late 80s, early 90s, probably, where people wanted, like, to... 80s, wasn't it? End of the 80s. Yuppies and... And we still haven't defined the 90s, though. We still gotta, we're going to have to find a way. Because I know what you mean, but there still is not a distinctive look or attitude from the 90s yeah. that I can think of. If you of. were to say, like, name five movies that define the 90s, that'd be a good question. Because I think Falling Down would f- totally fit in there. Mm. But try and think of others, you know. It's it's quite difficult, I guess, still. But you one- mean that... De- Inside the movie itself defines the culture of the 90s or a movie that looks like a movie from the 90s. Because, like, Titanic, stuff like that is going to be very look like the 90s, but obviously isn't a representation. But Falling Down defines it because it defines attitude of people, political climate, you know, a snapshot of the time. A snapshot. How about the 80s? Would you say, like, greed and then go to all the. Sixteen Candles, Breakfast Club, Ferris Bueller. That's what I think of, but then I was that age in the 80s. Mm-hmm. So that's how I define it. But greed, I think, for some people. The 80s for me, you know, lots of music. I, I, I think it was... But I mean a movie, like you said. What movie defines the 80s for you? It's those movies. Obviously, I think everybody... Um, it's Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's the first one that always comes into my mind if I have to think about the 80s. Top Gun. Then Don't think about Top this. Gun was the 90s. Think no, about this. What about kids who ne- right now, right, were born, say kids who were born in 2000. They're nine years old, ten years old now. In 20 years, they're going to be looking back on this decade, which we still can't define because we don't know what to call the decade be between saying, the turn of the century and 2010. Are they going to be saying, hey, Harry Potter, that was what Yeah, I exactly. What is, what is it now that reflects... What it, you know, that represents what... Because to me, it's a mishmash. Things like Twilight and Harry Potter. Big, big things, like High School Musical, you know, big... You think? Big things that they'll always remember, I guess. 
The Sopranos. Things that well, we they won't watch things that, that we just go like, <laughs> like yeah, you know, it, like I, I know you like Harry Potter, but but what's the culture of now? That's what I'm saying. I really don't. I know we're out of touch. Old. We're out of touch, but I think because the 70s and the 60s were just so specific, maybe. I don't yeah. know. We'll have to live another 30 or 40 years and look back, and then we'll be able to do it. But anyway, that's our deconstruction <laughs> of 1992. Deconstruction is so 90s. So um, <laughs> so back on the topic of falling down and... Oh, move, yeah, we're talking about a movie. Moving on to the cast of this uh, movie. Now, I watched, um, starting with Michael Douglas's defense, or defense, however you want to call him, um... What are you looking for? My water. I watched Michael Douglas in the game the other day, and I have always loved Michael Douglas. I think he's I think he's really good. I think he can really lend his hand to different things. Um, and when I have to think of a great role by him, two roles is Falling Down and Wall Street. Um, but I actually think he's absolutely brilliant. I can't fault him. I, think, I agree. He's um, for me, War of the Worlds, War of the Roses is one of my favorites. Yeah, that's a good one. I was I was going to say he's underrated, but no, he's not because he's had his. Yeah, he's had. Yeah, his he's had. You know, he's, accolades. Yeah, he's been. But um, this particular role, I just think it's traffic. Yeah, and I don't. And like I say, you don't see him now very often. He's not. Have you ever seen him in a Wonder Boys? Mm-hmm. Brilliant. That was really good. In Laws. <laughs> that was a comedy, wasn't it? With uh, Robin. I mean, with. Uh... Don't think I ever saw it. Um, so, up against uh, Michael Douglas, uh, you've got Robert Duval as Detective Martin Prendergast. Another brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, all the way back to The Godfather. I mean, in this movie, he's An apocalypse the aging, now. about to retire cop, and he's just. His subtle little things that he does I just do you know what I think about um, maybe they seemed really good because everyone else was really bad you know what I think about Robert Duval. if I had a granddad I would want him to be it <laughs> he reminds me of like he's like a I would really like to be a kid and sit on his knee and like you know do you know what I'm saying you mean from well I don't know I don't know him personally I only know him from the movies so he just he reminds a, me of like could be a real dickhead you know like he would be a real cool granddad to have. Because of the parts he's played. Just everything I've kind of got. As I've a only criminal, ever... mobster, accountant, lawyer, you think he'd be a great yeah. granddad. I would like to <laughs> I would like to sit on, uh, what's he called from The Godfather? Tom. Marlon Brando. Oh, Tom. Yes, Tom's. Tom's knee. <laughs> yeah, but you don't want to cross that, Grandpa. He'll have you killed in an alley somewhere. Yeah, but that's how I, I just see him as like... I don't know him as a person, but from what I've gathered from him from films, and I'm not talking about from his parts. <laughs> you are I'm, such a product of a movie. You're such a movie No, I'm not watcher. talking about from the parts. I'm talking about you can get a, what a person is like, too, from their roles in movies, I believe. You think? Yeah, I totally do. I totally disagree. Yeah. They are acting. They are pretending. Oh, I never realized that. Yes. Yes, I'm telling you. <laughs> I thought they were just... I think that you saying that, it sounds so naive and sweet. But come on. It's not naive. No, I do totally believe, right? I've seen enough people in movies, and then when I see them in interviews, when they're just being themselves, when it's just a, you know, a candid interview, just they're exactly what I thought they would be. Mm. The way they answer things, what they say about themselves, I can usually pick it up on them. I disagree. Tom Cruise, he's an enigma. I can't figure him out. Um, I have no idea what he is like in real life. 
There's others. There's others. There's other ones that I can't figure out. That's why I'm saying you saying like a blanket statement that you can figure people out. You can't. No, not everybody. I'm t- but I'm talking about uh, Robert Duval from what I've gathered. <laughs> what I was saying was. I know what you're saying. It's just funny and cute. No, all I was saying is what what I was getting from him is. If I had a granddad, I would like it to be him. Because he seemed like the wise, old, calm, funny... Yes. ...wants to teach you your life lessons, but you better just go out and learn them yourself, and that kind of thing. I, I'll tell you another film with Robert Duval in it that I remember that was really, really good. Tomorrow. That old one we watched. Yes. Oh, yes. A Better Tomorrow or Something Tomorrow. The Black and White, really old. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he, he was, was young. Really good, like a brooding kind yep. of... What was he, like a farmhand or something? Something. But he, it was really... And it he was, was young, really young. Really young, but yeah. I, I believe he was really young in it, but still losing his hair. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's always been losing his hair since he was, like, 18 or Oh, yeah, even when he was on Twilight Zone way, way, way early. Yeah. Um, and then we've got Barbara Hershey as Beth Trevino. What do you think of Barbara Hershey? She's all right. Yeah. I mean, she just played the nervous ex-wife. Yeah. I didn't write many people down, to be honest, because, like, a lot of the names I didn't really know... But then when I Tuesday think... Tuesday Wells was the wife. Yeah. And I think, considering the character she was playing, she did a perfect job. Really, really. Tuesday Weld. Wells. Oh, it says W-E-L-D here. Oh. Maybe I'm wrong. You are. <laughs> oh, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. That's your only time... Cut. That's the only time you can be Cut. wrong this year. We have to start over. <laughs> I can't be wrong. Okay, one nil to Ace Gully. <laughs> Um, oh, let me think here. You're not actually using your brain. You're looking at IMDb. So that doesn't count as you being right. It just counts as me being wrong. There you go. She admitted it. <laughs> and then you've got Rachel Ticotin as Detective Sandra Torres. And I liked I her. really liked her, Yeah, too. she was good. I think she was a good... Um... Counterbalance to Duvall's. Yeah. And I think what... she picked up, as an actress, the quality... Knowing that she had to be more... I don't know what it was, but there were, then when those other crappy act, acting uh, things came into a scene, she and Duvall just stand out because everybody else has got that sort of, I don't know, There's really some, and, and there is some bad acting in this movie, yep. but it's nothing to do with the main players. It's just no. occasionally there's some peripheral characters who you think... I thought the Nazi guy was really over the top. He was, but I kind of... He was, a, he was unhinged too, so I yeah. kind of forgive him. But... That boss of du- Duval's boss was terrible. Duval's work colleague, who was like a jerk off from the mm-hmm. like, he looked like a leftover <laughs> from the eighties. Yeah, totally. He like was Mag- Max Hedrum. He was him. just terrible. He was like a cliched, um, horrible rubbish. Sexist made some sexist. Well, whatever. Even you know, he was sexist and stuff. But that was his character. But it was like a cliche. It just reminded me like somebody had stepped off Beverly Hills Cop and just straight into it, like. Well, Beverly Hills Cop was good. Yeah, but there's also some low-quality acting in that one. A little bit. Beverly Hills Cop 3, especially. Don't compare the first to the third. The first one's awesome. So, yeah, there are are many more people in there, but those are the ones of note. And Michael Douglas and Robert Duvall is Oh, Michael Douglas' mother. She was good, because she made me nervous. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And the little girl... You know, there's... There's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of good ones. Um, it's directed by Joel Schumacher, who also directed, if you're not aware, Phone Booth with Colin Farrell. It's actually pretty good. 8mm, which I really like to this day. Phone Booth? 
and eight millimeter. Now that you mention it, they both have. They all three of these have a similar. Yeah, phone thing. moves about somebody kind of someone apart. unhinging yeah. because of the way the world works and the unfairness of things. Same with eight millimeter. Yeah, something horrible happens in this world, and do we stand by and let it, or do we stand up? We just counteract that with another act of violence, or do we just let it happen? You know, so three very different movies. I know the movies: Batman and Robin. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Yeah, that is like definitely the worst Batman film of of all Batman films. Yeah, The Client, really good. Yep, Flatliners. Of not, its time, not Pre- good. All right, of it was not time. good even of its time. Saint Elmo's Fire, not good of its time, but of its time. And at the time, I loved it and thought it was the greatest movie of all time. Now, when I've seen little clips of it, I just hang my head and go like, "Oh my god, it's so this." Yeah, it pulls elements really um, a, a distilled snapshot, time. not just that, but like um, really caricatures of a, you know people and. And finally, on my list of Joel Schumacher movies, I had A Time to Kill, which is another really good one. That one's awesome. Yeah. There is nothing wrong and with that and, one, I don't And look, <laughs> at that, look at that varied work, too. You know when we say some directors just do the same things? He doesn't. He definitely picks yeah. on different genres What's and he stuff. done recently? Um, what's on there that's recent? Phone Booth. Phone Booth was like seven years ago, right? Six years ago? He did something more recent than that, but it probably wasn't. Um, notable. He's like producer or whatever, but... Directed recently. When you think about that, my... Phantom of the Opera, 2004. (laughs) Um, And something called The Number 23 in 2007. Oh, yeah, it's a TV show, isn't it? No, it says it's a movie. Oh, it is a movie with... Yeah. Yeah. And a TV show called Choose or Lose in 2008. He directed that. He's got two movies coming up in 2010. One called Twelve... And one called 130 Train. It's got a thing with some numbers there. 23, 12, 130. 23 is like one of those conspiracy things that everything in life comes down to the number 23. And I think it's Nicolas Cage. Oh, is that Cage. what, is that, what sure. that movie was? I never saw that. Let me let me bring it up and see what bring it Bring it up in your brain. It was. <laughs> the number 23 by Joel Schumacher directed. In it was Jim Carrey, Virginia Madsen. That's right, Jim Carrey. Rona Mitra. And that's it. And I don't remember it. We need to watch it because obviously it's What's not it a wacky comedy. It's Walter Sparrow becomes obsessed with a novel that he believes was written about him. As he obses- as his obsession increases, more and more similarities seem to arise. Hmm. It says mystery thriller slash horror. Hmm, maybe the way it was described to me was not correct then by someone else. I don't remember that one at all. But hey, we'll see. It. We'll see. It, I'm sure. Um. So moving on to DVD extras now, I just wanted to make a special note of Warner Brothers' exceptional uh, new packaging for Blu-ray. We're almost sitting in the dark here now. As the sun's going down, it was it was really bright in here a few minutes yeah. ago, and now it's getting to where it's like that that dull gray, like you can not only see the monitors. So Warner Brothers have got this new Blu-ray packaging, which is they're calling it their premium book packaging. Now, not all movies from Warner Brothers come in this packaging; just ones that they deem. Deluxe editions. Um, I think this is the. I want all the. I want all Blu-rays to be in this packaging. Anyway, it, it's a hard-backed coffee table type book with. Um, oh yeah. With a full, you know, a lot of stuff about the movie and like a post the original poster and 
Um, Printed on a little tiny piece of paper, not like a fold-out like or anything. picture of them. What, what you, yeah, yeah, not a fold-out. Um, and actually a bio and what other movies all the people are in it have been. It's really nice. Um, and then the disc comes on a tray in the back. And it's a, and that picture on the back is just amazing. Mm. I love it. I like the front cover. I'm, I'm going to say it right now. It just feels like something... To me, like it's like feels like a book. Yeah, exactly. It feels like a children's book, to be honest. Why shouldn't? Why? Why? You know, other pe- other more expensive. Pla- yeah, I was going to say the plastic cases are boring. It, you could, it is more expensive because you've got to put somebody, you've got to have somebody design these pages and uh, make this. And the cost of that outside, probably. But anyway, this packaging Warner Brothers are doing. I've I've actually got one more in my collection in a book like this and it's Natural Born Killers that was another one they deemed to be a oh that last week's was too or the week no, before just this one and mm. Natural Born Killers but there are there are plenty knocking around they've even put out the Matrix the original Matrix in this book um, I love it I want more books um, nobody does new packaging nowadays they just give you the plastic case yeah and, um, it even has like the interesting Traffic jam so it while it comes in excellent packaging with a nice book to read inside. And well, a good cover. Yeah, and a really nice cover. And it's kind of that glossy uh, matte kind of finish. Like a children's book, like you say. Um, it doesn't really come with many extras. <laughs> that is the understatement of the day. Yeah, well, it actually comes with a commentary by Joel Schumacher and Michael Douglas. And the movie in high definition, which has never been before. That's not an extra. No, I'm just saying what you get. <laughs> yeah. um, also, I want to comment that the movie actually looks really good. Uh, Does. How many years later? Six, 17. Probably looks better than I saw it in the theatre. So, you know, there's something to be said for Blu-ray preserving movies. So definitely a good way to keep them. Um, and it also has um, a featurette, <laughs> which is Deconstructing Defense. Michael Douglas talking about the role... I don't know how long... I don't know whether that was now. It looked like it, maybe. Yeah, it, it, it was either now or just... I have to say something ten. about it, though. It's really irritating to me. You the mean constant con- editing. Yes. Constant cutting from his eyeball up close and then moving over to his cheek and then and then cutting to a, Do you know an I image showing else. You, and then showing you images so from irritating. the film with a filter over the top to make them look all weird, yeah. All of that, just cutting, constant, 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 constant. You know what? Just have him sitting there in a friggin' chair talking. I don't need it to be jazzed up or visually interesting. In fact, more visually, quote-unquote, interesting than the movie, because the movie's very utilitarian, straightforward. I just hate... I think they put some little intern on there and go, we gotta really snap this up, gotta really make something... Make it pop. Oh, God. A conversation with Michael Douglas deconstructing defense. Anyway, it's a The content of what he says is good. Yeah, it lasts about... 10 minutes um, yeah, it's, it's, sure. it's not in high def it's a low def type of experience and it's something more than what we're doing now really just talking about the character and it's interesting to hear him talk about it after the fact like mm-hmm. looking back into it um, and then there's the theatrical trailer which is actually interesting enough in itself to watch just because sometimes with these older movies I'm, I always say to you I want to see the trailer even though trailers aren't that interesting I really want to see how they sold this movie in yeah. them days and it is even Michael Douglas says it's a he think it's an interesting movie for a studio to make. Like he said, if it, if a movie like this was made now, it'd be on an independent kind of budget movie. Yeah. But in those days, it's something about the time and everything. This movie got made, you know. Um, so yeah, understatement. There isn't many extras. 
But the packaging is very good, and it's not particularly expensive. I've Are seen you it rattling for, your paper for a reason over there? I've seen it for $17. Um, I'm not sure if everyone wants to listen to that. I've seen it for $17 online. That's awesome. So That's awesome. I mean, it, it's not actually that price, but I have seen it for that price. Do you know what I'm saying? No. If you go into Best Buy, you'll pay $29.99. Well, don't go in Best Buy. Go that's, online. That's what I'm saying. If you can actually buy it for $17, that's awesome. Yes, you can. Still um, $3 more than I'd pay, but it's awesome. No, this is this is um, it's one of my favorite movies of the nineties. I can't, I can't actually, you know, I I have movies in the nineties that are really special to me, like Pulp Fiction, yeah, Reservoir Dogs, and this. I really, when this came in the mail, and I said I pulled it out of the thing and said to you, this movie means a lot to me. It always has done, like since I always saw it. I've still not seen. I've not seen it for many years. I didn't when and when it came to time to watch it today. I wasn't sure what I think of it again. Me too. But I actually think highly of it still. I think it's a really well crafted movie, and it's well crafted, and the ideas are totally current. And as a person who notices in the world being pissed off about bad customer service and about injustices in the world and all that kind of stuff you identify more even now at your age I don't it's just that as a movie person you might see the flaws I actually don't believe I noticed bad acting in it back then oh me neither at all oh no because they were all that way yeah, probably yeah, I mean weird. seriously it was, and that's why I'm saying how things have progressed what happened did people get better at acting or did techniques develop or what I don't know why is one better than the other no they aren't better it's just different it stands out that's the thing so, overall, I'm sure there's a lot of younger people who never saw this movie. You know, I think it's funny is that you were you're British, you were in England your whole life, seeing this movie, and it's so totally it's not necessarily totally American because the issues are the same in the whole world. You know, the yeah. ideas are the same, but still, you identifying with it so strongly is interesting to me. Well, you know, we're not totally isolated from America and England. <laughs> we do watch a lot of American television. We understand America, you know? Yeah. So, but yeah, it's very American. More, than, You know, you could make a British version, I guess. Yeah. It'd be the same thing, Yeah, really, yeah, exactly. Just That's in what a I'm saying, locality. but still. Because uh, all, all, most... It could be in London, and it could be a dude getting fired for whatever. That sounds good. Rich and interesting. (laughs) Multi-layered. This guy getting fired from, I don't know what. (laughs) From Wacky Burger, or whatever it's called. Anyway, in conclusion, um, I love that packaging. I love that movie. The extras are really slim. I'm I'm just thinking that's all they had. Because, I mean... Were they thinking about... Well, they weren't. It was VHS time. Now, come on. We have seen a lot of other movies from those days that have loads of extras, so we're not... We can't cop them out on we that. Yeah, but they I'm thinking that's lazy. all they had for that one particular movie. All they have to do is get together I mean, with Joel got- and Michael and Barbara Hershey and Robert Duvall right now, sit down around a table, and talk about it. They did. But they didn't. <laughs> exactly. And this is the best version of Falling Down you can possibly own, so I say you should get this one. I agree. Um, and, you know... Special note to Warner: put more DVDs in those bo- in those little books, but charges the same price as a plastic case. Because I like the books. Some it's it's like you know in the old days of albums, I used to love buying albums because you got this massive thing. And then like I remember buying Kiss albums, and they opened up like a gatefold, yep. and there was a big picture and loads of writing. I had ACDC the same thing. I love those. I loved like 
the tactileness of getting them. And then when CDs came, everything was in a plastic case. It just it kind of took that away. So something different like that, where I can kind of get a hold of it and look at it. It's it reminds me of that. Ah, that's awesome. You know, because because they would never use that image for a cover of a DVD. Yet they get the chance to put it on there. You know, it, you would always get a crappy image on the front. Oh, I think that front one is good. See, I, no, I like this front that one front too. That front's really I mean, good. Get, but um, these days you get yeah, they. You know, there's nowhere to put a back image, so you never get one. I mean, you just get a load of writing on the back and spiel of how like this movie is the best movie sure. ever, and you should rent it. But they don't have to do that on there. So, yeah, that's Falling Down. Um, recommended. I highly recommend it. One, I am I'm going on record to say one of the best, better, best films of the 90s, for sure. <laughs> Tempered with the idea that be prepared for some crappy acting. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's the only thing about it that's... Just look... I had to look over yeah, it. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I just kind of went, okay, it was just then. Yep. That was what it was like. They hired crappy cheap actors in them days sometimes. And uh, they kind of, when you've got somebody as amazing as Michael Douglas and Robert Duvall together, some other people might not live up to them. Incorrect. So there you go. Thank you to Warner for the uh, Blu-ray disc. And movie recommendations for this week. Uh, My movie recommendations for this week are Michael Douglas related. Of course. Wonder Boys. I'm going to start calling yours the obvious movie recommendations because yours don't ever fall far from the Well, I mentioned this earlier. Wonder Boys. Yep. I think it's one of Michael Douglas's best films. It's awesome. Um, it's about writers. It's really interesting. Uh, you I make it sound fascinating. Yeah. <laughs> well, you don't know. I don't. I was going to say I don't know many movies about writers, but there are a few. Hmm. Um, Misery. Yeah. What was that one with that woman? Love Actually's got a little section no, about no, a writer. No. The one we watched, Doubt or... No, not Doubt. Something... About a woman. Kate, not Kate Blanchett. Uh, this sounds like the other movie I was talking about. This guy got fired. And Gyllenhaal, I think. Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, The Proof. Proof? That was about math. It wasn't about writing. Oh, that was was Anthony Hopkins in that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He was a mathematician. Right, math, yes. <laughs> that was really good, by the way. So, Proof moving on to awesome. the subject, how many movies are there about math? That's the only one, <laughs> one. I can bring <laughs> So, yeah, anyway, Wonder Boys is my first one. And the second one's Fatal Attraction. Interestingly enough, I got that on Blu-ray this week. And another one of those that we're a little bit hesitant because we're like, ooh. It's oh, going to be interesting yeah. to revisit, though, It's going right? to be interesting, but when I've seen clips of it on you know, just on TV and cable and stuff, I think, oh, okay. The acting it wasn't could be pretty low. what we thought it was. All right, and yours are? Mine are, because I wanted to go with the idea of people sort of rising up in their own... in. A, small but big way that's the best way I can describe it against you know something they just can't handle in this world and it might be controversial the way they do it but you're still kind of rooting for them is Thelma and Louise and True Romance because True Romance first of all is one of my favorite movies of all time is it your best Tarantino written movie? (laughs) I I don't know the list but uh, I'm going to say it's my best movie of I, it's in I my really top ten it. movies in of fact, all time. In fact, all time. Let, let all me time. just uh, tell you some information on True Romance. I actually purchased the Blu-ray disc last week. <gasps> so that means we're going to watch it soon. Yeah, it's not here yet, but I purchased it from Columbia House. Seriously, it's <laughs> phenomenal to me. 
I'm not going to say it's the best movie of all time, but it is one of those that... It was, you know what? Now that I just realized... No, this is this is what I'm talking about. Someone rising up against something they think is wrong, obviously. Clarence and the pimp, and Thelma and Louise, it's just women against... This, Brad Pitt. Uh, <laughs> no. Hey, Brad Pitt's in both of those. Oh my god, you're right. I didn't realize. I did not even realize. But as this little I'm gonna tiny... Call like, you, I'm going to call you a subliminally, I love Brad Pitt. Recommendations. So from now on, all my recommendations have to have something to do with Brad. He's in all of them. I can do that. I can do that. Okay. So. I think we should do a whole podcast just about true romance. We're gonna uh, <laughs> we're gonna have true romance very soon. So yeah, we will talk. Seriously, about it. it. I can watch it. I have probably seen it one hundred and fifty times. I have to. I will watch it start to finish without flinching, without wanting to. I will pause it because I don't want to miss anything. I know all the words. We have to have a. Um, See, movies that Tarantino wrote but didn't direct. True Romance and Natural Born Killers. We'll have to have a back-to-back on those two. I'm not a fan of Natural Born Killers, You've so. only seen it once. True. But if I didn't like it the first time, I didn't you, like Top Gun either. You so. never know, though. All right. Think, I'll watch it again. Things do change, and you can go, okay, I appreciate this in a different way. or True, true. You know? And uh, contests for this week. Uh, you can go and see the site for details. I've got about five DVDs up for grabs. Just go over there and enter your email address. Next week's DVD will be Taken on Blu-ray disc. Liam Neeson in Taken. Mm-hmm. It got pushed a couple of weeks, but next week it will be Taken. Da-da-da. Da-da-da. Games and Ace Curly stuff. Yeah. Please, somebody, <laughs> send us something that would fill in that little tune. That was different. I was it trying was to different. mix it up. That was great. Talking of mixing it up, um, it's E3 this week. Now, let's <laughs> explain to our viewers what E3 is. This what E3 is. Electronics uh, Expo. The Electronic Gaming Expo. Expo. Why does it have three on it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what it means. But anyway... Uh, it's uh, taking place at the Los Angeles Convention Center for... I mean, anyway, E3's been a bit of a mess for the last three years. This year, it's back to its big, huge... What spectacle. it is is an expo. There's booths uh, from yeah, you game know, like, company. People don't know, though. Some people won't know. It's got booths, just like a home show, just like a bridal show, but they're booths of video games, and these people, like Sony, Microsoft, etc., will spend millions of dollars on their booth with lots of game consoles, new games that are coming out, new technology that's coming out. They have a big presentation, like with press power... PowerPoint presentations and boring speakers and stuff come up and talk and it's all about video games. <laughs> and the public are not allowed to go. It's just for the press. Um, so this week, basically what's going to be happening from tomorrow morning when Microsoft deliver the press conference up to Thursday afternoon when the show finishes, you're going to learn about video games that will be coming out for this fall and next year really, the beginning of next year. So there'll be a lot of announcements. Already some things have slipped through the net. Like Sony, we're trying to keep it a secret, but there's a new PSP called the PSP Go. You're just promoting that whole secrety thing then, aren't you? You've just passed that on like everybody else's. I don't care. <laughs> no. I'd I rather don't. the secrets get leaked. I know, and yeah. you're just passing it on. That's Well, yeah, it's, it's public knowledge. So the, there's a new PSP, the PSP Go. I love the PSP. I don't actually particularly think there's much wrong with the PSP. I like the screen. I like playing on it. Um, but this new PSP, anyway, 
what they've done with it is they've made the screen smaller because it's the PSP Go because what the original PSP's not portable or what? <laughs> what are they on about? Because it was already a pocket machine, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. So big, this big pocket machine. Yeah. So this new one is slightly smaller and it's like a sidekick. If you've seen one of those telephones where the keyboard is kind of underneath the screen and you slide it slide the screen up to reveal the keyboard. Well, there is no keyboard, but there's your controller underneath the screen it slides so it's very small it's big thing is it doesn't have uh, discs anymore you don't put discs in it you just download the games from their store and you pay for them over it over the internet so sounds to me pretty convenient nobody knows what the price will be i guess we'll find out on tuesday at the press conference microsoft's press conference is tomorrow they're going to announce all kinds of stuff and they're also going to be doing one versus 100 which is their new First time nobody's ever done this. It's a live game show on Xbox Live that you can participate in with a live host. And it's the game 1 vs. 100, which was a successful TV show. Now, anybody who's an Xbox Live member can play this tomorrow night live, 9.30 Central Time, Monday the 1st of June. So um, you can actually win prizes. It's pretty interesting. The Plasma TV is the grand prize, like a 50-inch Plasma TV. And how many people are on Xbox Live? A lot. 10 million, isn't it? Yeah, I've got a good chance of winning that. I mean, come on. Well, I'm not being discouraging. I'm just saying one TV for 10 million. It doesn't mean 10 million are going to be playing this game. I'm saying it means the potential for 10 million people to log in and try to play. And what in the past has happened when Microsoft has had some big release and everyone tries to get it at the same time? What happens? Well, I'm. I'm. In, well, I'm interested. Well, they've been doing this beta in Canada for like a, a month, and it's been working pretty smoothly, apparently. But what I'm really interested in, I don't really care about winning a prize. Win a prize would be fun, but I, I don't expect to. I'm just interested in like a live game. I actually like playing trivia games, and a live trivia game with a host is an interesting idea. I think, where the host could actually mention your name, or you know. I was saying to you, you probably won't mention my name because you won't be able to pronounce it. It'll be Ace Gully, and they'll be like, as uh, <laughs> Nobody ever says it right. But I think I'll talk about that next week because we'll, I think we'll uh, join in tomorrow nights and see what it's like. But yeah, E3 is a big deal. There's going to be a lot of news this week. Next week, I imagine there'll be a lot to talk about. Um, games. I've not been playing many games this week because everything's out. Next week. Everything comes out this week. Um, but I. I'm interested, when I was talking about things I'd be interested f- about at E3, DJ Hero, which is the next in the Guitar Hero um, franchise, where you can be a DJ with a plastic turntable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm really interested in it. I love the concept of Guitar Hero. I like, I used to DJ, so it's actually something I'm, I, I can respond to it more than a guitar because I don't understand right. the guitar. So. The mechanics you'll have to get used to. Yeah, so I'm really interested in that game. And then there's also a lot of other games. Call of Duty, the new Call of Duty, which they're not... Sims 3. Sims 3, which is out this week. Are you excited? I'm excited to spend some money. Uh, Yeah, that's all. And do some uh, peeing and eating and Sims 3 is out on Tuesday for the PC and Mac. Um, I think it's $50. It's gone really dark now, hasn't it? Because you're being... My monitor went off. That's right. I'm using my monitor as a lamp. <laughs> no, like you just... 
<laughs> you can just barely make you out there across the way. So games that are coming out this week is uh, for the 360 and the PS3 is Red Faction Guerrilla, which I'm looking forward to. It's an open world um, on Mars game. You're on Mars. Mm. Uh, and then there's... Uh, uh. Supposed to be Virtua Tennis 2009, but that's been booted for another week, so that's not coming out. Um, and then Disney's Up is coming out, which I had the pleasure of playing. Wasn't really a pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's pretty much it. Next week, uh, there'll be tons of announcements and stuff, so Great. I think all the game news will be next week. Very nice. You should have your own special little side. Oh, and if you want coverage of E3, like if the most, you know, people will probably say, oh, I'd be interested in seeing about E3 this week. Go to uh, giantbomb.com, which is giant bomb or one word dot com they're, they're going to be having video updates like every hour probably You're not like a live show but whenever they see something they will video it and put it up on their site and then if you want live coverage like a live show right there at the, at the uh, E3 go to gamespot.com and they've got live shows for the whole three days Giant Bomb won't be there live all week? they're there but they're not doing a live feed they're doing oh, like right. Record at the stuff end of the day, show. they'll upload right. a load of stuff. Yeah. So, but if you, that's all I do. Those two sites would be my entire. Shoot, yeah. During that week, you're you're glued to it, man. Yeah. I think last year I was. You were away or something. I watched it all on my own. You was. Uh, I don't know where you'd gone. Had you gone on? Ho- you were on that holiday. That was in July. That's when it was. It wasn't oh, July. Right. It was that week when you were on the because I was painting the deck and watching these. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. Because it's been bumped. God, that's been a year? Yeah. Since I paraded around on the beach in my swimsuit? Yep. Holy crap. So that's all my news for this week. What's your news? Do you want a song? No. Sid Talks News. Yeah. (laughs) Is that good? I like that one. Uh, I don't have any news, per se. We're going to say what's for supper. We're going to have salad. You're going to have chicken on top, and I'm going to have some tofu. Everybody's favorite. Yeah. Hey, I get more protein than you. And it's not a dead animal. Not that I'm opposed to the dead animals, I'm just saying. Um, where's my list? Over there. Uh, then, yesterday, my... <laughs> I don't know it's in the same place as it was every other day. <laughs> uh, yesterday, I took my nephew out to the lake. They were having a radio control airplane get-together thing. And that's pretty awesome. Now, we got there a little late, so there were only two left. But the one the guy was flying... It was just taking off when we sat down, and I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty cool, and he takes off and is flying around, and we're several yards away, Then, and he flies it for several minutes, 15 minutes maybe, and you know, he's, he's the dudes are all talking their nerdy radio airplane flyer talk, you know, about the wind and the degrees and all that kind of stuff, and then when he starts to bring it in, I start thinking, well, it looks really big, because I think of a radio-controlled plane being maybe three foot across, you know, where you just, you hold it under your arm or you carry it with you. This thing was eight feet wide, the wind, wingspan at least. It had a full open, full cockpit inside with little doors that opened and everything, a little dude in there, not a, like a living little dude, but I'm saying like a little a figure little of a guy. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. A little probably foot tall pilot who was sculpted and put in there. And he did the smoke and everything and all these turns and then he was fighting the wind at the end so he couldn't get it to land. But the plane looked awesome when they were carrying it past. And then this other... And then we sat there for a few minutes just kind of looking at the lake and then it was really nice outside. And then this other dude come to do his and his was the one I was thinking like the three foot 
solid wood. There's no cockpit. There's just like a the engine thing is up on top with the propeller and and he flew it around and it was pretty cool and everything. And he landed and then I said to my nephew, I'm like, you know, I don't I don't know if you came to one of these things and you had you were kind of a beginner or you didn't have enough money maybe to invest in the big one and you brought your little plane and then there's that guy with his eight foot plane who flies it like a professional. You mean you would get plane envy? <laughs> what you get and then I was yeah and then we got to talking about the comparison like I mentioned land parties which of course he had no idea what I was talking about I had to explain that and I said I guess people are like that with their PC because one guy might come with his very bare bones basic and another guy comes with the window in the side and the lights all lit up and the greatest graphics card and all that so I guess it happens in every niche um, hobby do they need a license to fly those yes, planes yes the flyer actually said be able to fly it you have to have a they had the little name of the license. But it was pretty cool. And we were only there for maybe an hour. And it was an excellent little thing to do on a Saturday afternoon slash evening. Because I was thinking what would be really cool with one of those planes is to attach a wireless webcam to it. Yeah, totally. And then just I'm take sure some really have. cool photography from yeah. the other. I'm sure people have because you can put the lightest of light little. Well, but on that webcams are nothing other now. Just I just didn't know, naive maybe on the subject, that there were those radio controlled planes that large. And it was, well, it was really detailed, and it was just—it was really nice. Look, and he flew it like, because as he is flying around, he's doing loop de loops and flying around, was it like and a going plane? far away. Um, no, it was like a Cessna looking kind of oh, thing. Right, right. You know, it, it was went way far away and over the distant trees, across the lake, and all the way around. And I'm thinking, wow, that's—I po- mean, that's powerful stuff. You have a battery and a remote control that works that. So fuel, right? There's fuel involved, yes, but I mean, like you're you're controlling yeah. it from far away, and it was really windy. So when he got done, his arms dropped to his side, and he was like, oh, "And they had, they wear these straps to hold the controller in front of him." And I didn't realize oh, yeah, they do. as he them. turned around, it was as big as that box right there. Oh, I mean, yeah. it was like a massive load of controls, and his arms just dropped. He's like, "Whew, that was tough." And I'm like, "You're just standing there." Yeah, because it's not just like <laughs> up, down, just left, and right. You've got like it um, must be everything on you, like a yeah. all the little. On the wing, you could see all the parts that moved and flaps. everything. So those are called flaps. Flaps and the rudder. Is it a rudder on a plane? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it was fun. And then I was just going to mention. I don't normally do this because I don't like people cramming stuff down my throat to sell me things. But I'm not saying this to buy stuff. But if you're interested in looking at anything that I draw, you know, just out of curiosity, you can go to my Etsy store or Cafe Press, and they are... I put the links on my site, right on the top there. It's sidtalk.com. C-I-D-T-A-L-K. And, uh, is that it? That's it. Okay, thank you for listening. Uh, I want to remind you about the website, sidtalk.com, as Sidtalk just said, uh, very eloquently. Thank you. And ascully.com and twitter.com. We own twitter.com. Hmm. It's our baby. Twitter.com slash Ascully. <laughs> Twitter.com slash Sidtalk. We don't actually own it. No. We just have pages there. Um, so if you want to follow our, what do you call it? Our twi- tweet, tweets, twittos? Twi- Twitter posts. Twitters. Twitters. I don't use bullshit, trendy words. I'm sorry. You mean things like live stream. What's that? I heard that this week. What's follow that? my live stream on Twitter. Oh my word. Get it? Yes. I get it, but it's just, what the hell? Why do you need another word to... St- yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and you can also catch us on Facebook, Xbox Live, iTunes Music Store for the uh, podcast. This podcast, uh, which is on episode number seventy-two, Zoom Marketplace. 
episode number 72. You can get it on iTunes Music Store, Zoom Marketplace, RSS feed. Just go to ascully.com, click on podcast at the top. All the details are there. You can subscribe, you can listen to it, you can download it, you can... Make we a, didn't mention the new Zoom's coming out too. So. You can make a CD out of the podcast and <laughs> give it to your friends and Listen family. Listen to it over and gift. over and over and over. Yeah, and there is a new Zoom coming out, but I think E3, there'll probably be more unveilings on that. I love my Zoom, and I think you should mention Zoom Marketplace before the iTunes Music Store. Yeah, we are actually both have Zooms, and neither of us have iPods, so we are Zoom fans. I love my Zoom. We're the only two Zoom fans in Missouri. <laughs> you reckon? <laughs> probably. Um... So, yeah, that's uh, that's everything. You can also email feedback to me at ascullyascully.com. I always like the feedback. Or you can leave me a message on Twitter, just at ascully. And you can... No, don't send SidTalk feedback at SidTalk at SidTalk.com. So, uh, just want to say, um, stay classy, Michael Douglas. Um, don't With follow, Catherine Zeta-Jones as your wife? Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones, <laughs> decent wife. <laughs> you got a decent wife there, mate. I'm not sure how to take that exactly. <laughs> I won't take it personally because I'm sure there's only two women. I lo- there's, there's only two women I love on this earth: Catherine Zeta-Jones and you. <laughs> I'm glad I'm the second on that list. <laughs> there you are. You're number two. <laughs> Is it? Oh, okay. It's alphabetical order. Fair enough. C A C I. Okay. Yes. She is taken. So I guess I'm lucky there. And I'm gonna say, uh, think for yourself, everybody. Because if you don't think for yourself in this world, it's going to crush you down and do it for you. 